We watched Come Sunday on Netflix. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. And just a couple of notes, uh, if this is your first time around here, Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. We are not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off. Although that second one may very well happen today. It's and I'm so sorry if it lately. does. <laughs> it's 2020. It's election time. Oh man, it it's is a even, fun it, year. It's cra- yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, and here here's the thing: you don't have to believe to belong. You don't have to believe in Jesus. You don't have to believe in a certain political ideology. You can come and be part of the family. You don't even have to believe in hell, apparently. And apparently, so- <laughs> and who knew? So. so uh, yeah, uh, if you want to join the conversation, feel free to do so. Uh, we're at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Uh, Andrea, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. How's your heart? You know, you know, my heart really is my re- heart really is good. It is. Yeah, you, you look like your heart's good. I mean, it this it was a busy week at yeah. work. Um. You know, it didn't take me long to get used to only working in the office two days a week. I imagine not. <laughs> and so, like, real, like really used to it. And so, uh, the last yesterday, which would normally be a, a work at home day, I ended up having to go in, which is fine. Listen, they pay me to work, so yeah. I'm not going to complain about having to come into the office. Correct. However, it kind of throws off my whole rhythm, and I'm like, oh wait a second what am I doing here? I'm supposed to be working from home today. And uh, anyway, so I had to work Wednesday in the office and normally I wouldn't. And then today I had an eight o'clock meeting. So it's, I'm tired. Let's just, I'm just, I'm tired. I got you. Sometimes that just happens, you know? Yeah. Overall, overall, I'm good. How about you, Seth? How's your heart? Um, How is your heart? You know what? Thank you so much for checking on me. I really appreciate this this checkup. Um, uh, my heart is uh, my heart is actually very healthy. I know this because we went to the doctor and got all the blood work done. Um, I'm doing okay. I've got I've got some things to work on. One of the things that uh, that they've been uh, that I've been challenged to do is to uh, exercise. You know, <clears throat> I have a good relationship with my doctor, um, and so like. Uh, you know, some people like lie to their doctor. Be like, mm-hmm. how often do you exercise? At least twice a week. And it's like, never. I was like, right. She asked, like, so uh, how often are you exercising? And I just went, <laughs> quarantine rules, joke. baby. I ain't doing We're still, we're, COVID rules. I don't have to exercise. <laughs> and she goes, uh, 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 did you realize we weighed you when you came in? Yes, you do. You do need to exercise. So you I was need like, to exercise. I was like, well, what what can I do to kind of help get me up and and motivated? And uh, and and she's like, I, you know, I, I don't know. You're gonna have to figure something out. And so I think I finally found it. This is the uh, this is the Inspiration Cube by Joel Osteen. Oh goodness! As a thank you for your support of our ministry this October, Joel and Victoria would like to send you the Inspiration Cube. Wake up every morning inspired with this easy-to-use portable audio system filled with over 400 life-changing messages of hope, guidance, and strength from Joel. 
With the simple push of a button, remove any negative thoughts with a new message to inspire your day. You may feel today like you're trapped. That is not how your story ends. Some dreams are waking up, hope is waking up, abundance is waking up. It was almost like a friend was speaking to me. I'm at peace. My victory's already accounted for. There's a lot of negativity in the world. Tell us about so it, it's Victoria. It's so important what we're taking in all throughout the day. The Inspiration Cube is a collection of Joel's most requested messages. It has 365 devotions, devotions, two to three minutes, where I'll help you start the day encouraged and inspired. Plus, there are 31 positive affirmations that you can declare over your life. I hope you'll request the Inspiration Cube. It will help you stay full of faith so you can live the victorious life that belongs to you. Receive the Inspiration uh, Are you familiar with, with the uh, this by the way, it it, it looks like a like a Amazon Echo Mini something or other. Is, wait, is this thing for real? Oh, that's not a joke. You thought this was a bit the entire time? I, I well, I couldn't I couldn't at first I thought it was. It's a hundred percent not a bit. Uh, if you okay. just uh, send in fifty dollars to Joe Osteen Ministries, they'll send you uh, an Amazon. Uh, Alexa, what's a watered down <laughs> gospel? Alexa, <laughs> how can I live my best life now? It's all it is. Oh That's no! All it is. <laughs> oh no! I don't. Yeah. Wow, I, that felt like a Babylon B commercial. No, it it was Didn't not. It? It, yes, Didn't yes. It? I probably should have saved that and played it as a joke for the Babylon B because it's not from them. But a hundred percent, yeah, that's a real thing. The inspiration cube, man. I wish I could come up with ways to make millions of dollars. Well. Like he had, I mean, Joel Osteen has made, yeah, some money. Yeah, and here's the deal: like, I I give I give him a hard time because everybody wants me to, and I understand that. Um, I also understand that his ministry isn't to preach hellfire brimstone. His his ministry is to like that's just not his personality. It was his dad's personality, and he just he just says like when I try to do that, it just sounds weird. It sounds like mm-hmm. I. My heart is to try to encourage people to live a better life and to do that in the power and love of Jesus. And so that's what I try to do. And so I don't have a problem with, with Joel as much as other people do. Uh, I make I make jokes. And but uh but but yeah, like that this uh inspiration cube, you've got to look it up because there's little buttons on the top, like there's one that has a brain. Uh, there's one that has a cross, one that has like a sun, one that has a heart. So you can kind of tell, tell it, hey, this is what I need today. Um, so it's a lot of fun, I think. I think it'll be good. It, I've ordered three. Uh, Merry Christmas. I mean, <laughs> our listeners get a special, a special discount if they, no, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. We don't, yeah. we don't partner with Joel Osteen Ministry. By the way, it's like, I'd like to donate. Like, this is how you do it. You donate for the month, right? It's Because if you buy it, it's taxable, and they have to pay taxes as well. But if it's just a right. love offering, so I'd like to donate 50 75 125 250 or other. I'm going to see if I put other. Can I do it for a dollar? And if I can, how many of these can I get? And then and send them to get all of my family for Christmas. That's what they're getting. 
it the screen on it looks like the catchphrase screen. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very very accurate. Also, um, a few years ago, I posted on Facebook that I was going to be that I was in the mood for the preacher's wife. Yeah, of course, I meant the Whitney Houston. Denzel Washington movie. Of course. What else would you be thinking the preacher's about? Wife. Of course. And somebody commented and thought that I was, uh, it took her a minute to realize that I was not making fun of Victoria Osteen, but that I was actually talking about the movie, The Preacher's Wife. She was like getting ready to blast me. Oh, wow. She thought I was making fun of The Preacher's Wife. Yeah, people get like, really, really upset yeah. whenever you uh, blast something that they love and appreciate, and especially if they feel like that thing that that person has like changed their life in mm-hmm. a positive way. Anytime you come against that, like people get all up right. in arms. Yeah, uh, sometimes they'll they'll just leave you over it. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah, just get upset, at, you know, and just be like, my voice like, is being. Yeah, my voice isn't being heard. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can just say things and it's just repeated back to me immediately. Mm -hmm. Just like Mm -hmm. a feedback loop, you know, because those are healthy. Everybody loves those. Right. And I can I can share headlines and news story news stories that maybe are true, maybe are not. I've not done any fact checking whatsoever, so I don't really know if it's true. No, it's um, truth is relative. I mean, it really is. I mean, your truth, my truth, the truth, they're all, they're, that's three different things for sure. They can be, they can be different. Yeah. My truth can be different from the truth, right? Well, if there's anything I've learned in the past four years, and it started about four years ago, I don't know, just I'm just random picking times, um, is that there's a thing random. as facts, and then there's a thing as alternative facts, and that's the world <laughs> we've lived in for the past half decade. Facts and alternative facts. Mm-hmm. So um, as long as my facts make me feel good, then you can't say anything about them. And if you do, you're mocking me and, uh, right. and I'm offended. So right. you're, you're mocking me. You're belittling my truth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. But it's not my truth. It's the truth. And you would know that if you would stop watching CNN. So... Oh my word! This How are we is the doing? actual world that we live in, you guys. This is the world that we live in, and there's some people that are uh, triggered right now. You're very yes. upset with us. I'm sorry, and I understand. I don't mean it. Um, I do mean it. I do. I do Andrea, mean it. Andrea, but I'm nice also one. sorry. But I'm also sorry that you're triggered. But I do yes. mean it. Yeah. Um. Why are we talking about this? And here, here's the reason is because we have noticed a, a very big trend in the uh, conservative Christian community of getting off of Facebook. By the way, they say they get off of Facebook, but then they get back on Facebook to tell you where to find them on Parler, and then they still comment on your posts on Facebook. So now they've just added another social media platform, right. which is which is fine. Um, you know, uh, Twitter and Facebook can both be on your phone. Parler. Yeah. And Instagram, if that's what you want to do. But people are joining Absolutely. this thing called Parlor. You had mentioned it last week, and I had not heard of it at the time that we <laughs> were recording. And a week later, wow, you have heard of it. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> yes. And... And what? You've even, made a f- you've even made a few posts about it on Facebook. And well, then- I, I thought it was just because I saw a lot of people saying that they post that like, yeah, you know, a lot of people like I don't a mean lot. like a couple of people, like a lot of people 
um, were saying, I'm going to go to parlor because they don't censor what I say. And I was like, ah. My first thought was censorship's a good thing. That was my very first thought was that <laughs> censorship is a good thing. Hey, um, Andrea, have you been on Facebook today? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I have. Your entire time on Facebook, uh, how much child pornography have you seen? Uh, zero. Yeah, you know why? Because censorship. See, <laughs> see, there's this thing that that is important, and that's called censorship. It's important whenever you're sharing uh, things out there on, on in the world. It's just important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand the the want and the desire for free speech. I do. I, I I believe in the First Amendment. It is one of the privileges of living in in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, that First Amendment is limited. And uh, you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater. And uh, what I, and I don't know because I have not joined Parlor and I have not been on there. But from the description to me, it sounds like a lot of people yelling fire in a virtual theater. Are, you see what I'm saying? I totally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't know necessarily how healthy it is. I think that it's important. Like I stay friends with people who are uh, like like. Uh, liberal snowflakes like i stay friends with those guys mm-hmm. and i yeah. stay friends with uh like like hardcore um like second amendment murka right wing uh, uh nut jobs like i stay i stay friends with everybody <laughs> because it's important like to to get yes. all those points of view cuz that's how you have like a well-rounded life yeah you know what i'm saying i don't know I do, what are your, I do. what are your thoughts well literally just this week i was t- i was talking to my boss and we were talking about podcasts because he was recommending one. And I said, oh, I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. I listen to to and from work and, you know, during the day when I'm working on stuff and I can be listening at the same time. That doesn't always happen. But and he was like asking me what kind he listens to, like, you know, self-development and growth and business podcasts. And I listen to Dateline you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, pleasure listening. Those are the kind of podcasts I listen sure. to. Anyway, but I told him, I listened to a podcast called This American Life. Here's the thing. This American Life is a very left-wing liberal podcast. It is NPR. We, that's what it is. Uh, welcome to This American Life. This is your host, <laughs> Ira Glass. Act one, our liberal agenda. <laughs> Basically. Stick, stick around. <laughs> stick around. You don't want to miss it. Um, but I, I really like listening to it because here's the thing. I get different perspective. Correct. I don't agree. With, I don't always agree with them. I don't. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I very strongly disagree with them and that's okay. They're not indoctrinating me. They're not, they're not a threat to who I am. They're not a threat to my Christian beliefs. They're not a threat to my relationship with Jesus. They're just not. I can listen to them and I can filter out what is not true. (laughs) And I can also get a new perspective on things like immigration and immigration reform and Black Lives Matter and the racial injustice that is happening in America today. I can get a new perspective while still... Keeping so, so, and maintaining my relationship. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that um, you can, 
you can like put new knowledge in your brain and say that's what someone else thinks and expand your knowledge base without necessarily like have to jump fully into that pool. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. I know. Your mind is blown right now. Yeah. That's you know, uh that's a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's insane. I don't know if I want to continue this show with you right now. Yeah, um, let's not do that. I know that's what you're thinking. I remember when I was in Bible College at Brownsville, and my dad was an adjunct professor there. So he taught one day a week, he taught two or three classes. And one of the classes that he taught was cults and comparative religions. Yeah. <clears throat> and I took that class. And I remember students being upset because they thought they were going to come into a cults and comparative religions class and just be inundated with. <sighs> this is how you fight the enemy. Right. And and really what he was teaching is, and this is what's important, what he was teaching is a baseline of truth. This is what Christianity is. This is what the truth is, the absolute objective truth, not subjective to anything else, but objective absolute truth is this. So this way, when you hear something that doesn't line up with this truth that you've heard, then you can recognize it as a lie. Yeah, that's right. And that and students didn't want it. They didn't. That's not what they wanted. And you got to have a baseline. You have to know what absolute truth is. You have to know what you believe as a Christian. So that way, when you hear new things, <laughs> when you hear new ideas and ideologies and all of these things, then you have something to compare it to and say. This doesn't line up with what I know is truth. This the old bank analogy, right? They don't teach people. They don't teach people who work in banks what counterfeit money looks like. They teach them what the real thing looks like and feels like, right? Right. The problem is, is that when someone is handed a counterfeit gospel and they're told that it's the correct gospel again and again and again and again, yeah. now. There, there's a lack of proper education when it comes to what the actual gospel is. Here's yeah. the good news, everybody. Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. That's the good news. He came, he came and he died for our sins and his blood covers all of our sins. And we get to live with him forever and eternity. This is the good news. By the way, there's some other doctrine out there that we might have to deal with. And I mean, we're talking about this American life. We're talking about all this other stuff. It might be apropos of this movie that we watched. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that like people feel so strongly that like mm -hmm. they want to dig through scripture and find prophecies and all of this other stuff that like they try to find like America and shove America into like ancient Israel prophecies. And some of it might be there, but if it's not, we're still here and God still loves us and has a plan for our life. You know, yeah. here, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth and you can check with the wild card if you don't believe me. Okay. On election night last week, a week and a half ago, whenever this came out, whatever it was, the uh, the results came back for Miami-Dade County, and Joe Biden was up, but he was not doing very well, and it, it hit me all of a sudden that Donald Trump was going to win Florida. I said, I said to my wife, I said, Trump is going to win Florida, 
And she goes, what do you think that means? And I said, I think it means that Biden wins the popular vote and Trump wins the electoral college. Good night. And I rolled over and went to sleep. You know why? (laughs) Because it doesn't matter who wins. Check a couple episodes ago when we talked about it. I had complete and total peace. I don't care who wins. God's still on the throne. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan for my life. This is the gospel. People want to put their faith and their belief system into current structures and systems. And whenever those get challenged, well, then all of a sudden, like, we got to blow up the whole system or you're not a Christian. I mean, I've seen people on Facebook this week be like, if you don't understand while we're joining parlor, then you need to question your faith. And I'm like, dude, we go to church together. You should back up. Like, I've prayed for your kids in youth group. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. may, maybe just just back up a little bit because I don't think that it's a safe place for us to be. Now, if you want to go, y'all go have fun. You know what my first but- thought was? <clears throat> Excuse me. My first thought when people started talking about it and we're talking about how it's unbiased, I wanted to say everything is unbiased until people who have a bias join it. That's correct. <laughs> and then guess what? Parlor is not unbiased. Yeah. Parlor is right-wing conservative. Yeah. Cuz you know who's joining Parlor? Right-wing conservatives. right-wing conservatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if someone from the liberal agenda were to join, guess what? They're going to be pummeled. <laughs> Absolutely destroyed yeah. on Parlor. Yeah. Because it's a biased website now. And it and just I is. think that- I think there was a mass flux because people like are having a hard time with maths. Maths are hard. Um, it's like counting and those types of things. And so, mm-hmm. l- yes, election results have not been finalized yet, but like there is not like <clears throat> in the history of uh, recounts, you're usually looking at maybe 400 votes one way or the other. And like, we're looking right. at, we're doing recounts in places that are like 14,000 votes. Um, I want to, I, I do want to give like credit though. Uh, man, we're, and I, we said we, this was not going to be a political podcast, but I mean, this is the season that we're in Listen, and for whatever reason, Christians, Christians have lost their mind over this thing. So, um, <laughs> let's just, sorry, but, um, let, let's just kind of say this. Um, I know that the left has said for four years that Trump stole the election because of Russian interference. Um, And so I know that the right has been wanting to say, well, the left has said that uh, elections are corrupt for four years, and now we're saying that they're not corrupt. What's going on? I Completely valid point. Um, And I just want to say that here in 18 months, if eight different uh, U.S. intelligence agencies says that this election was wrong. I'll also say that this election was wrong. So let's just, just saying that there's, there's that. I know, I also know that it sounds like I'm a Democrat and I just want to say, uh, I am a registered Republican and I, I want to go what? on record. I know, I know it doesn't sound like that. I am a moderate. And so Republicans <laughs> think I'm a Democrat and Democrats think that I'm a Republican. Uh, I am a registered Republican. I'll go out on record and say that. And it's the reason I hate Donald Trump so much. And let me tell you why. Because for my entire life, I've been able to have the moral high ground. <laughs> I've been able to say for my entire life that the Republican way is morally correct. 
And now the leader of the party that I am registered to thinks that it's okay to sexually assault women. It's okay to have, uh, you know, multiple marriages, three different marriages. Um, it's okay to have affairs with porn stars. It's like, like the, the, the thing that I held on to as far as like, no, 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 no. The religious right is like there is no religious part of that right anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I have no moral high ground with Donald Trump as the leader of my party. So I would like for him to not be part of it anymore. And if we could get somebody good in there, I would gladly vote for that person like multiple times because apparently we can do that. (laughs) I mean, you know, four or five, six times, whatever it takes. Yeah, that's been quite a disappointment for you the last few years. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been like, I was like, cool, I'll vote for Jeb. Oh, Jeb's out. Cool. I'll vote for Mark. Marco's out. Okay. Um, okay. Rubio's out. Okay. Uh, who, can you give me somebody good, like to get <laughs> behind? Somebody. No? Something. Just give me one give me, guy. Give me something. Or girl. Give me, give me somebody good. Yeah. Um, but to put everybody's mind at ease as a moderate, I can also see a moderate when I, when I know one, uh, the left is very happy that Trump is no longer the president because they can now uh, yell at Joe Biden for not being far enough to the left. He is a very he's he's left over the road of the, like if we're driving if we're walking down the road he's more left than I am right I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm probably to the right of the line he's to the left of the line and he's probably more left of the line than I am right of my line. I don't think anybody followed what I just said, but um, what I'm saying Actually, I did, is, I think. oh, nice. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's people on the curb screaming at him for not being far enough left. Yeah, uh, and apparently there's people screaming at me for not being far enough right. I understand that, but I'm also not the president, so or elect. Um, Either one, president elect. <laughs> uh, but then again, the votes have not been counted, and uh, and How so dare he call it the electoral college has not finalize their votes yet so how dare yeah. he call it even though when did trump call you know what this is mm-mm. this we is a bad stop. this is a bad we should this stop is a bad right thing. now you know what but the media i don't know what was it kenneth copeland said media said what <laughs> the media said joe biden's president ha 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 I want you to know I have gone in almost an entire week without hearing that you're on purpose. Oh, you're welcome. I've, I've seen the video and I said, you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want that in my ears. And yeah, you, you ruined just, that. Thanks. Just, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like it's great. Um, you know, but here's the thing, like Christian <sighs> leaders all over the place, like have prophesied that Trump was going to win. This was a prophecy that was given out. Um, one of those guys that, uh, that prophesied that was uh, Chris Valaton. He's a pastor over in Bethel. And uh, then he put out a thing on Instagram that just said, believe it or not, like first three words, ready? I was wrong. Boom. Hey, my prophecy was wrong. And it says, I take full responsibility for being wrong. There's no excuse for it. I didn't think, uh, I, I think it doesn't make me a false prophet, but it does actually create a credibility gap. Do you think, do you think that maybe, yeah, it creates a credibility gap. 
And a lot of people trust me, trust my ministry, and I want to say I'm very sorry for everyone who put their trust in me. So he put that out uh, as a video, and and then he deleted it, and <laughs> people were like, "Why'd you delete it?" And uh, this is what he, this is how he replied. Have you seen this? I have Do you not. Know, you have no. Th- okay, he says many people have asked me why I took my vid- uh, my apology video down. After doing a lot more research, I decided to wait until the official vote count is complete, as it appears that there is a significant amount of discrepancy in the process. Um, In the meantime, I will be praying and believing for the will of the Lord to be done. If the outcome remains the same, I will repost my apology video. If my prophetic word turns out to be right, I will do the chicken dance in my spandex. That's what he said. Okay. Well, he almost had it right. He, I mean, it's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> it was going to be one or Actually, the Actually, I mean, his response was almost right, oh. but yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant his prophecy might be. No. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I feel I feel like if I have triggered you, I apologize. That was not my, that was not my intention. <laughs> I, I did make a silly thing marked safe from joining Parlor today. I thought that it was funny. And apparently people got offended by that. Um, it was funny. It made me laugh. I was just I was just being silly. Just be, And all I was saying was a bunch of people joined and I'm not going to be one of those people. And then somebody's like, I've seen you on there. And I was like, you have not. <laughs> please, <laughs> please report that as uh, as identity theft because that is not me. Um, yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say one more quote and then we can move on to the next thing. If that's OK with you. Okay. It's a quote by uh, Anne Lamott that says, you can safely assume that you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. Oh, ouch. So that's a thing. Um, Speaking of, uh, I don't know how to transition that into Jerry Falwell, (laughs) but I'm going to do it. Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, Did you see that Jerry Falwell Jr. is suing Liberty University? Are you serious right now? Defamation, the way that he was forced to resign made made him look bad. And so he is suing. No, no. What he did made him look bad. Yeah. Having your pants open and your arm around, not your wife. That that looked bad. If you if you didn't think it made you look bad, ask Rudy Giuliani and watch the new Borat movie. <laughs> oh. Seth. What? What are you doing right now? Am I not supposed to am I not supposed to talk about things that are happening? I thought this is like pop no, culture. You are. You are. You are. So. Oh, man. Act two, recreational outrage. <laughs> <laughs> we should start doing our, our shows and acts. We should, absolutely should. <laughs> Just completely rip that off from this American life. We rip off so much stuff from other podcasts. We I might mean, as well. <laughs> might as well. Listen, if you're ever wondering, like, hey, where'd you rip that off from? Let us know. Like, ask, and, and I'll tell, we'll tell you. you. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly which which podcast I ripped it off from. I listen to a lot, a lot of, of them. our catchphrases. A lot of our yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, I mean, a lot of it is also like uh, we're we're paying homage to the, the 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 people who got us into the show in the first place. Like, you know, it's yes. it's a lot of that. So, all right. So speaking of uh, Christian universities, uh, let's uh, let's talk about ORU and how uh, and how maybe the best person in the world to play 
Oral Roberts might be Martin freaking Sheen. Listen, guys, okay. I know, I know Martin Sheen has, he has a rep. He has a reputation. I get it. I became obsessed with Martin Sheen as the president in the West Wing. Are you talking about President Josiah Bartlett or Jed Bartlett? Yes. That I, yes. I just want to let you know that uh, a couple weeks ago, I said I can't handle uh, real life politics anymore. I'm just watching the West Wing. Started back over again, season one, episode one. Yeah. Last night, I got to the season finale of, se- of season one oh. with the cliffhanger of the shooting. Yeah. It, 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 it affected me on a molecular level. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, listen, you guys. The West Wing is, is easily in my top five shows. It may be number one. I have seen it from start to finish at least three times. Oh, and I will be watching it again, probably pretty soon. I'll be starting it over just because it's y'all. If you haven't watched the West Wing, first of all, it's on Netflix. So watch it. You should absolutely watch it. It is so good. I, oh, how can you just like not hear that and get, it's so good. Get emotional. It's so good. You guys, it's so good. Um, now I'll just say that like it was a surprise to me. I was actually like moving around the kitchen making dinner a little bit while the movie was playing and I heard <laughs> President Bartlett and I was like, "What's going on? What did did we switch? Cuz I was just watching what? that yesterday." Did like my subconscious like make it switch right. to what like, I wanted what, to be watching? What 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 happened? Yeah, cuz I was like I was not excited to watch this movie cuz I thought it was going to be a terrible movie. And and then I was like, "It's it's it's Jed. What's going on? And then I, when he go when he gets called Oral, and I realize, whoa, he's playing Oral Roberts in this movie. This movie, by the way, that we're talking about is a movie called Come Sunday. It's a Netflix original, and um, I think that probably should we do the movie recap synopsis with the West Wing music playing underneath? Is that how we should do this? I kind of think so. I okay. think so. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Based on an episode of the public radio series This American Life, which centers on Bishop Carlton Pearson, a rising star among evangelicals, until he was ostracized by his own church and declared a heretic after he started preaching that there is no hell. So I think maybe a good way to kind of uh, introduce this whole thing is um, is honestly by just playing the first couple minutes of the podcast. I think it's a very good, very quick little synopsis here. So, what yeah, happens to you. And what Carlton Pearson, at the time that he talked to Larry King, was a rising evangelical megastar, a Republican activist who prayed in the Bush Senior White House, a guest on the Seven Hundred Club, host of a national TV show. He traveled all over the world in charter jets, lecturing to fundamentalist gatherings. But at the height of his popularity. He became involved in a scandal. They're not the kind of scandal that you usually think of when you hear the word scandal. He didn't have an affair, didn't embezzle money, he didn't admit an addiction to prescription painkillers. No, no, none of that. He stopped believing in hell. And what happened to him next was the kind of thing that happens from time to time here in America. Even now, he became a heretic, a very prominent heretic, in the middle of a religious community, in the middle of our country. Act one. Every century. Heresy. Nation, heresy. So, um, <laughs> that 
I, it's a real, I think it's the easiest way to do it. I know it's the weirdest thing in the world. Also playing another podcast on a podcast. On it's our podcast. very, it's a very inception type of thing, but uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about this movie, Andrea. Like that's the storyline behind it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about this and you were like, Hey, this looks interesting. And that's what we went with. Yeah. So, so sometimes, you know, just peel back the curtain a little bit. Sometimes when we're talking about show uh, topics and, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes a movie review is, is it's an easy one. It's an, you watch the movie, you make notes and then you talk about it. And so I'd pulled up the other night, I pulled up a list of Christian movies on Netflix. I just was like, let's just see what's on there. And this one was listed and I read the short little description um, that I found online. I was like, that one sounds kind of interesting. I didn't know. Number one, this is not really a Christian movie. No, this is not it's a Christian not movie. <laughs> no, no, the, no, no, no. Uh, the brothers who made Overcomer and no. all and Fireproof did not make this movie. No, no, they did not. Um, it was not. It was not produced by a Christian movie company. It it is. It's a Hollywood film for all yeah. intents and purposes. And it's got some pretty, I mean, let's talk about the like surface stuff first. So it's got some pretty well-known actors and actresses. Yeah. So the, the lead actor is uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it very fast and confident because I do not know how to pronounce his name. That'll be the I last time I say it. I was actually very impressed. I yep. was hoping yep. that you would say it and so I wouldn't have to. So this uh it, for 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 those of you who are uh film buffs, uh you're talking about um an actor who was in 12 Years a Slave, but where I most knew him from was for all you nerds out there, he played a uh, Mordo in Doctor Strange. So right. that's that that that's who this guy is. So a very well-known actor. We already talked about uh President Josiah Bartlett. By, yes. I mean, yeah. Right. Also known as Martin Sheen. Yes. Yes. Um, um. <laughs> uh, Jason Siegel. Uh, he is best known for uh, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. So you, you would recognize him pretty much immediately. Uh, Danny Glover had a very Danny- small part. <laughs> By the way, I love how Danny Glover's entire part is like he's in prison and I'm too old for this sh- <laughs> basically it's it's very much lethal weapon just like i'm in lethal weapon he was too old for it and he was a cop and now he's on the other side of the bars and he's still too old for it he is and he just wants to get out and he wants his nephew he is uncle quincy by the way and he just wants his nephew to get him out of prison so um also condola rashad she plays uh, Carlton's wife, and yeah. she is known for. Uh, she was in Sex in the City too. She's uh, in the show Smash. I don't know if you ever watched that. I actually loved that show with Catherine McPhee, um, and you know a bunch of like TV TV bits. Uh, she's also in the TV sh- uh, TV series Billions. So yeah, so some pretty well known. I was trying to place who Reggie was, and then I looked up Lakeith Stanfield and realized that he was in a movie that's. Uh, I mean, just amazing called get out uh he was uh he was not the boyfriend he was the one who was already brainwashed that like told the boyfriend to get out with the the one whose nose was bleeding um he was also in a a a pretty great movie uh called knives out and a kind of a minor part but knives out was great movie 
lot so just a lot of just good good actors yeah. um well done not a christian movie i, I feel like we not need to circle movie. back to this yeah. this was this was not uh this is not a christian movie um all films have an agenda yes including this one this one this one is no exception uh, yeah. definitely, definitely has an agenda. And if you're curious, just realize that it was made by the people at this American life. Uh, yes. Yeah. Ira Glass was actually, who is the host of this American life was actually a producer on this film. Act three distribution. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> if you guys have never listened to this American life, you should just so you know what we're laughing about. Cause this is actually a pretty good, pretty good impression. I'm impressed. But why is it a good impression? Is it because? <laughs> Sorry, stop it. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So, so this this movie is essentially about uh, Carlton Carlton Pearson, who uh, who was a bishop, and he um, he went to Oral Roberts University. He was one of the uh, like Oral Roberts, and if some of you don't know, Oral Roberts was like the first televangelist. Like when mm-hmm. like he was the first one, right? Um, I mean, there might have been some others, but like when you think a quintessential evangelist, televangelist, it was it was, it was Or Roberts, um, and so he had this musical group that went around with him and sang, and so Charlton Pearson is an amazing musician. He's very, I mean, he's he's really really good. Um, I'll play some of his music here in just a little bit, but he was in this musical group that traveled with Oral Roberts and did TV shows. And uh, he had a falling out with Oral Roberts son. Now this is not in the movie. So this is just no. kind of some, some, some back backstory here uh, with, uh, with Richard Roberts or oral son. And uh, Richard was in charge of the um, whatever he was in charge of the musical group. And so there was some, some leadership issues that were going on. And so, um, so Carlton Pearson and a, a young, a young upstart in the entertainment business, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, both decided that they were going to leave, and Oral got really, really upset about it. And he said, "I can't have my two favorite people, like two best people, the people that I see the most in. I can't have you leaving. Also, uh, I see you like my son, and I need a black son. It's kind of important for my image." He didn't say important for my image. He didn't quite say that, but I mean, essentially, it's kind of what he was saying. You're, you're adding that part. You're you're paraphrasing. I'm, I get I'm it. Yeah. you know, I mean, I'm kind of guessing. Um, listen, I'll put it on parlor. It'll be true. Um, it'll be. Sorry, and I wasn't going to come back to it, and I apologize. Just can't uh, help yourself. I just can't help myself. So he left, but stayed real close to Oral, and then um, started this church uh, in Tulsa, and all of a sudden, black people and white people were going to the same church, and by the way, in Tulsa. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that, what was it, 90 years ago, 99 years ago, that that is where... Like the that's where uh, Black Wall Street was, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and white Tulsa people came massacre. in the Tulsa massacre. I mean that that's what it is. So there's race relationships, re- <clears throat> race relations in that area have been really really challenged for a long time, and so all these time so like all of a sudden these people are like worshiping together, and this church mm-hmm. grew to like six thousand people in the nineties yeah. before like mega churches were really a, an actual thing. So yeah, so he 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 rose and it to fame basically, and 
he was just this powerhouse evangelist. He was he was a pastor, but he was also going, he was invited to other churches to to preach and to share. And um, like the opening scene is him and they're the announcing him the one, the only, you know, like he was a big name. He was well known. And then it kind of all fell apart. Before we talk about how it got all fell apart, can I play just like one of his songs? Yeah. Can I can I do that? Because um they do a good job letting you know that he was a musician and singing. They don't let you know that like he was he was real good. He essentially had like a gospel South by Southwest that happened in uh, in Tulsa, um, and it was called like the Azusa. It wasn't. I don't know if it was a tie to like uh, Azusa Street Revival, like uh, West Coast, uh, but it was it was called Azusa. And so he has all these albums, live albums of him performing there, and uh, and just I mean, it's it's good music. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's real good music. But he's sitting there one day watching the news, holding his his new daughter, and he's um, and he's watching the news, and he sees these uh, some unrest. The um, oh gosh, where was it? Um, the, the genocide in Rwanda. Thank you very is much. What he's watching. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and he just was realizing is like all of these people are like they're they're going to hell. Like they're going to hell. They they don't know Jesus. They're going to hell. And there's people who don't even have a chance. And he started um, asking the question that every Christian at some point asks. Yes. God, how can you be a loving God and send all these people to hell? And he says that he heard the voice of God say, is that what you think we're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and essentially it was like, yeah, he goes, okay, well then um, put down your, your fat baby, turn off your big screen TV, jump on the first thing that's smoking and get over there and start saving them. He goes, okay. and, and he said, God, you can't put that on me. He goes, yeah, that's right. I already died for their sins. And that started everything. Mm-hmm. So, Basically, that was the birth of what he eventually came to call the gospel of inclusion. Yeah. So he said, he stated publicly, after he received, he believed he received this epiphany from God, he stated publicly that he doubted the existence of hell as a place of eternal torment. And he said that hell is created on earth by human depravity and behavior. And after that, and he states that publicly from the pulpit, I, I'm not sure. It's hard for me to tell from the movie. And obviously we know that they take uh, creative liberties. I'm not sure if he was in his own pulpit at that point or if he was at, he was visiting a church. I believe he but, was in his own pulpit. Okay. But yeah. it was almost like when he's in, again, this is the movie. I was not there. This was in 1994. I was, I would have been 10. So I was not there. Um, but in the movie, 
he was it was almost like as he was saying it it was it was becoming real to him it's like almost like the epiphany was yeah. happening in real time yeah and i mean you know like you said every christian has asked that question yeah <laughs> and not every christian has found what they would call a satisfactory answer yeah would you I agree mean, with that i would say um, most Christians haven't found a satisfactory answer. So we kind of yeah. lean on the whole, it's a mystery and we go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I mean, this is not a theology podcast. If you'd like to look some up, I can, <laughs> I can recommend a couple to you. Uh, that's not what this is. This is just telling the story. We're just telling the story. We're, We're going to talk about the movie, the movie. Mm-hmm. In, in general. Like we said, that, that, that public statement that he made, was kind of the start, and and people, Jason Segal's character was who is really more, according to IMDb, is really more pause, of pause. a. Did you just call him Jason Segal, as in like Steven Segal? Yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm, I'm, I could, I it might be Siegel. Siegel, maybe is Siegel what I said earlier? I don't know, but it sounded definitely like this guy is. Like plays back up for for a uh, a Russian guitar. Like, okay, fine, you can roll fine. your eyes at me all you want to. I I'll maybe I wanted to make some Steven Seagal jokes, but no, you just steamrolled right over it with your eye roll. Go ahead, let's talk about this movie and whether or not there's a hell. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This is the topic of the of this, the show. This We're- is the topic. Yeah, because we never steer off of on any other topic. The no, mo- we always we didn't even stay get to this right topic. On- we didn't get to the topic for 40 minutes of the show. We got like sidetracked on Jerry Falwell Jr., Kenneth Copeland. And Parlor. And Parlor. <laughs> okay, By the Jason way, that's Siegel. all the time I ever Siegel? want to spend on Parlor. I'm pretty sure it's Seagal. <laughs> okay, uh, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, Marshall. What was it um, called, Marshall? <laughs> His name, uh, his name in the show is Henry, so we'll just call him Henry. So Henry is, he is the assistant pastor for Carlton Pearson. He's a white guy. Uh He wasn't just he, but the movie doesn't tell you this. He wasn't just the scene like an associate pastor. They started the church together. They were in college together. So like they they were they they were tight from the beginning. Mm-hmm. This w- this wasn't like oh he started a church and then hired on an associate pastor because they were running through him every eighteen months. This was like legit, right? Yeah, like a relationship. Correct. And so he immediate like immediately you can tell that he is uncomfortable with yeah. where Bishop Pearson is is going with this this new doctrine, this gospel of inclusion. And and they're talking about it. He's not he he doesn't immediately like shut him down, but at the same time he's also like, you know, we need to talk about this. You we need to there's you can't you can't be saying that. You can't be talking about that until eventually Henry and several other of the associate pastors and and probably deacons and different roles in the church, all of them white, show up at Carlton Pearson's house basically to say we're starting our own church. Yeah. We can't, can't continue with you. And they dropped down to under a thousand in what a year's time. I they mean, from, I think, yeah, it, it went fast. It went real fast, super fast. And 
the whole time he is just, he's struggling with this. He's having issues with his marriage. His wife, I don't know if you know this, his wife actually filed for divorce at one point. Yes, I saw that, him. yeah. Now she ended up um, backing off of that and and not, not going through with it, but he... Um, she dismissed it, and I, I assume they're still together. I've not found anything to suggest otherwise. But it, his entire life was just kind of falling apart. I mean, Oral Roberts, who was like a father to him, that he called the the man he called Chief. You know, who 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 helped him get his foot, you know, get up in 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 ministry and in evangelism is basically disowning him. Um, Richard Roberts, who's who's basically like a brother, is denouncing him on 700 Club. And, you know, just... It, it, all of this is happening, and it's very public. It's not, it's not like this is happening in secret or quietly or anything like that. This is a very public downfall. And there's one scene where... Carlton Pearson and his wife Gina and their two kids are at the grocery store. And Carlton takes their son and is, you know, off doing picking up a few things and they're going to meet back up. And Gina runs into a former congregant. And <laughs> this woman is kind of apologetic at first that she had been ignoring Gina's calls and all of this stuff. And then basically she says, uh, you know, I can't imagine what you're going through. I'm so sorry. Can I pray for you? And starts praying against the spirit yeah. and of lies. And like all starts this right rebuking there. the de- like trying to cast demons out in the grocery yes, store. Out of, by the, out of her, by the out cold of her cuts. husband. <laughs> yes. And, and Bishop Pearson walks up on that and you can just like the, awkwardness of that situation you could feel it yeah. through through the screen yeah um so the rest of this movie is really just him trying to come to terms and come to like with he feels like he has been given a uh, a word from the lord and it changed you know 1500 years of doctrine and teaching and what does that mean right and so the collapse of his ministry, what what that looked like, um, and then also him rebuilding a, a new ministry with the with the doctrine of inclusion. That's kind of the whole the whole thing. Um, I, I mean, I want I, I want to just say this real quick. In real life, Carlton Pearson was a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was a real big deal uh, in the black church. Um, he actually, believe it or not, he actually introduced T.D. Jakes to, like, gave T.D. T.D. Jakes a shot. Like, just under, mm-hmm. like, understand that. That's a big deal, right? Like, yeah. that's so. Um, so all that being said, the the movie definitely has an agenda. It's definitely made by a liberal organization. It's definitely pushing this this gospel of or this this doctrine of um, of inclusion as well, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's pushing that, um, and so this isn't necessarily a, a a Christian movie. I will say this: it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's really, really well done. It's mm-hmm. it's nice to look at. It's well paced. It's uh, it, it's it's good. The acting is good. The acting I mean, is good. 
the direction is good, the editing's good, like all like fundamentally, it's a good film. It's a good film. Yeah. It's um, a good film. It'll it'll get you thinking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who speaks that passionately about anything, mm-hmm. you should at least make space in your brain to see something from someone else's point of view. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to adopt it as your own and change your life. Are you guys seeing a theme to the episode yet? I mean, it's kind (laughs) of seems to be an underlying. (laughs) Like it's okay to make space for that. You know, um, he's also not the only person of prominence to say this, you know, Rob Bell came out with love wins. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's arguments for there's arguments against. um, And I, I I remember texting you this evening and just being like, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to help me out with the doctrine of hell, because if we're going to talk about this, as far as a theology standpoint, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to need some help because my tendency is to think my job isn't to scare the hell out of people. It's to love heaven into them. Um, Mm -hmm. I try not to think about hell too much because I'm not going to be going there. Uh, instead I try to share the love of Jesus and we go from there. Right. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my theology on it. Uh, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that like my goal is to uh, take the people that I love with me when I don't go there. Um, and whether or not it exists, that's between God and what he chooses to do. Do you want to like talk about it at all or should we like? Well, yeah. Think? Yeah. Let let me. Okay. So my dad is Al Reverse. So this is. These these types of conversations these are these are our dinner conversations. This is what we talk about. Sure. Um. So here here's my stance. I I agree with you that yes, like we we are not supposed to scare the hell out of people. Like that's not as Christians that's not our goal. I think some people have lost sight of that. Um. I think some people lose. Uh. Just anyway. One issue that I had with him, with his his new theology, when when he had his what he called his epiphany, is he because God is a God of love, absolutely he is. He has to be if he yeah. sent his son to die on a cross for us. But God is also just. You can't let one characteristic of God wipe out or negate. You can't let one characteristic of God negate. Another one. He is all of those things. Okay. He is holy. He is just. He is love. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is all of those things. He is not a one faceted God. He is multifaceted. He is multi characteristic. He has multi characteristics. Um. So, when you sent me that text message about the doctrine of hell, I want I I pulled a few things. So let me let me read this first of all. So okay. In Christian theology, hell is, this is just the basic doctrine of hell. This is what Christianity believes that hell is. In Christian theology, hell is the place or state into which, by God's definitive judgment, unrepentant sinners pass in the general judgment, or as some Christians believe, immediately after death, particular judgment. So that's just, that's the Google definition of the doctrine of hell. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Appreciate you. I also pulled, so I've been raised Assemblies of God my entire life. The Assemblies of God have 16 fundamental truths. The 15th of those 16 is called the final judgment. 
So here's what the Assemblies of God Fundamental Truths say. There will be a final judgment in which the wicked dead will be raised and judged according to their works. Whosoever is not found written in the book of life, together with the devil and his angels, the beast and the false prophet, will be consigned to the everlasting punishment in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yeah. That's kind of scary, right? But that's, that is one of the 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. Well, okay. And they give a few scriptures. Uh huh. I, I just, I just want to say, I think that his argument is that uh, the, and by the way, I'm not making this argument. I just want to go on record, right? And no, just, just say that the argument is that um, his argument is Jesus is necessary for salvation. His mm-hmm. death, burial, and resurrection is necessary for salvation. The difference is is that in his point of view, Jesus's blood covers everybody. And that in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus wrote everybody's name. That's the difference, right? Is that like that? And I don't know. Again, I'm not saying that I agree with that. Uh, I I was raised church of God. I I can't, it's I'm, I'm having a hard time trying, trying to, make that work inside my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm putting it in there. I'm making space for it so that I can learn another point of view because I think it's important. Right. Well, when, when uh, Carlton Pearson has his initial conversation with Oral Roberts following his public statement, Oral Roberts tells him, gives him the verse Romans 10, nine uh, no. Romans 10, nine. He says this, you know, this verse you've preached it. Let, let me just say this, first of all. Romans is, uh, besides being my favorite book in the Bible, <laughs> it is a fantastic book to talk about salvation and hell. It, 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 The love of God, the graciousness of God, the mercy of God, all of those things. Romans is an incredible book. If you've never read it from start to finish, you should. You should read it several times, actually, because it may take you uh, more than once, more than twice, more than five times to to really grasp it. And you may never completely grasp it. Let me just say that. But Romans is one of my absolute favorite books. And Romans 10, 9, that, that Oral Roberts tells him to read, says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe, your, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So my issue with what he was talking about in his his gospel of inclusion is that he takes out the part of he takes out our responsibility. And I think what people believe a lot of times is that sin sends you to hell. It's not sin, it's rejection of Christ and his saving work on the cross. That's what that's what sends you to hell. And I don't even like using the word sends you, that you are rejecting heaven, you are rejecting God, you are rejecting the mercy and the grace of God, and you are rejecting the salva- uh, the saving work of Jesus on the cross. When That's that's what you're doing, and that's the consequence. Yeah, I, I saw something very similar. Um, I, I don't think that the uh, the filmmakers were trying to do this, but... Um, at one point, um, at one point when, um, Marshall, 
I remember. Who, oh, Henry is his Henry. name in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Henry and the other three pastors come to uh, Carlton's house and Carlton thinks that he's going to like affirm him and be like, Hey mm-hmm. pastor, we know you're going through this. We know you're trying to work through this. We're here. We got your back. And instead they say we're, we're leaving. And also um, uh, we can't, we're going to start another church. And also we can't find any other place to start it. So it's going to be down the street. Sorry about that. Um <laughs> But one of the things that uh, that Carlton says, that the bishop says, is like, you're leaving me. And Henry says, no, 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 we're not leaving you. You left us. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is truth in the gospel there that sometimes we think God's leaving us. And he's going, no, 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 I didn't leave you. You're leaving me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's, yeah. there's a... There, there, there's a truth there that I think resonates that uh, that I don't think that they intended to. Well, let me ask yeah. you a question. What do you think of the overall movie? Overall, i I thought it was I thought it was very done very well. I'm not sure that I would. It's a movie that I would recommend for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think some people would struggle with it more than others, but I also think that it's it's a good movie to watch. I think that it's. Because this happened. This was, like you said, yeah. this is a well-known person. You may not know his name, but there are people that you know today that were influenced by this man. For sure. And so this is a part of uh, modern church history. And I think it's important because, he, you know, he goes on to continue pastoring, but he, he changes his his church denomination. He changes, he kind of starts to accept and, and his gospel of inclusion starts to include perhaps more than he anticipated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he, he wasn't ready to like, uh, he he says in the podcast, like you think it's going to be this long, slow, slippery slope. And that's not true at all. It's a fast drop off. All of a sudden, if you think that God's like going to, love everybody all of a sudden gays show up and they want to see if you love them the same mm-hmm. and so like he what he just wasn't ready for all of that so yeah he there's there's still a, a church in Tulsa that he preaches out on a regular basis called All Souls Unitarian Church um you know he's a unitarian universalist i mean however however you want to put it um and uh but what i mean like you said it's been very very influential. That song that I played earlier, um, the two names that are on there are, are Bishop Carlton Pearson and Donnie McClurkin. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so I'm just saying, like, yeah. there might be some people. Um, okay, here's a question for you. Would yeah. you show it to your parents? Absolutely. Actually, I, I there's a very good chance that I will, because I was telling my mom about it today, and I think that they would both uh, enjoy it. and it would spark a pretty great dinner conversation awesome. <laughs> at the Reavers, at the Reaver household. Um, is this a movie that you would show to your, to your children? Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, so Let's unpack no, that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, because, um, I don't think that they have strong enough doctrine yet to be able mm-hmm. to, Yeah. With, with kids, you have to not let everything in their brains cause they need to like, 
have their own faith before you mm-hmm. start kind of expanding things. Um, right. And then when they're starting to deconstruct and then once they reconstruct, then it's a little bit easier to, to add things. Um, so I wouldn't show them this because I, I, I don't want to confuse the gospel. However, could a kid safely watch this movie? Yes. Like there's no, mm-hmm. there, there's, there, there's nothing inappropriate in this film whatsoever. I don't think there's even any profanity, maybe very little, if at all. Yeah, I think there were, I think I noticed just a couple that, okay. that I happen, happened to hear. I don't even see a, a rating for this movie. Uh, oh, wait, here's one. TV, TV 14. TV 14. So yeah. ma- maybe, ma- maybe. I, if I think you 14. could probably, you could probably go a little younger if you have have a kid a 12 12 or 13 year old who m- maybe understands th- some theology at a little sure. bit deeper level i think you could probably go a little younger but i mean there are some teenagers that i would there are some adults that i don't think should watch this yeah oh listen <laughs> let's just say they they might have recently joined a different social media platform so what i'm saying is is that uh okay let me ask you a question does mm-hmm. this movie pass the Bechtel test? I mean, yeah. I what what uh, what two are there? Two females that have a conversation not about a man. That's that's the no no actually no. There's not no the, there's, there's really there's, there's only yeah. Well, I guess real brief. The pastor's wife gets reprimanded by the pastor's secretary for a mm-hmm. lack of like she here's left your her hat. hat. You left, she left your, your hat. hat on the pulpit. Yeah. So we need to go over your lesson because uh, you're misquoting scripture. I guess maybe that counts, but it wasn't like a full conversation. And also, I mean, you could you could make the argument that really what they're trying to do is protect the pastor's reputation. That the pastor's wife, yeah, has a standard to live up more about the pastor than to. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So so no, I, I would say not. Okay, no. does it pass the Black Bechtel test? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. Is, I mean, there's yeah. there there's lots of there's lots of named black characters having conversations about, you know, other things other than white characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh yeah. is there a magical black man in this movie? No. No, there's no. Because <laughs> it's not a Christian film. That's why. That's, right. That's, that's why. the reason. I mean, I guess you could you could argue that Martin Sheen as Oral Roberts is a magical white man, but Ooh, I like that. Except he has for, very little screen time, so. <laughs> I would also say, like, uh, he doesn't actually fix anything. He just causes problems, which I guess is the inverse of uh, of the yeah, totally. of the rule. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like you want to call him magical just because it's Martin Sheen. So I, I kind of do, just because yeah. he's he's just because he's President Bartlett. That's I mean, that's kind of why. All right. Um, last question here, Andrea. How many times did you fall asleep in this movie? Uh, zero. Now I almost fell asleep once, and I think that's when you sent me the text message. It was right at the very end of the film, and you sent me the text message about Doctrine of Hell. Yeah, <laughs> and I woke up. <laughs> so no, no sleeps. No, Andrea sleeps. Wow. Did you fall that's... asleep in this movie? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. It was. I, I liked it. I liked the film. Yeah, it was good. All right. So uh, there's our kind of recap of the movie recommendation. It's a good movie. If you want to watch it, you can. If you uh, 
are looking for something to get outraged about, you can focus it on this guy. He's used to it at this point. Um, and, uh, but if you're, if you don't think that, uh, that you're ready for it or you don't, you know, you already know that it's going to trigger you, just stay away from it. It'll be fine yeah. as well. You can listen to the podcast on this American listen. life while you're driving to work. It's great. It's episode number three Oh five from 2005. So yeah. there, that's where you can go back. Uh, you ready to check in with the B? Let's do it. All right. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Girlfriend keeps referring to herself as wife elect, despite no official word from boyfriend. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? Yeah, that's all you got to do is just be that's like, all, I'm that's it. wife elect. Yeah, don't even count the votes. Don't even worry about a ring. I'm just wife elect. Go by my own boyfriend. Ring. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's it. Oh, no, not the bees. Nothing else to say. Not the bees. Ah! So I'm on the Babylon Bee website right now, and there's an advertisement for a T-shirt that I want to get. It says, uh, 1984 was not meant to be an instruction manual. It's just a T-shirt. That's, that's pretty good. All that right. Good. Uh, what is your not for me this week? Okay. I have two, but they kind of go together. Okay. I like it. So uh, my not for me is a certain group of people. <laughs> Are you cool. scared yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is people who do not know how to use crossovers on the street. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know I don't know how what no. Okay, so when I think you crossover, know, I think somebody like dribbling a basketball and breaking somebody else's ankles. Okay, no. So okay. you know how when you're driving, uh, Beach Street is a great example because they've got several. You're driving on a divided a divided road, so you've got okay. two or three lanes going uh, north and two or yes. three lanes going south, and you've got a crossover because you want to turn into. You're going north. You want to turn left to go into. So like a median or whatever, like a median. Like the, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Okay. The proper way to use a crossover is the person that's going, that's turning left or going north, you go to the north side of the crossover, and the person that's going south goes to the south side. So the cars go like this, which this is a yeah, visual note medium. for the audio, she's just moving her hands erratically <laughs> in front of her face. So when I use the crossover correctly and I go to the north side of the crossover because I'm turning left to go into my apartment complex and there's somebody that is coming out of my apartment complex that wants to go, we're, we're crossing, we're crossing over and they pull, I pull up and there's very little room and they somehow manage to squeeze their car in there and block me. So then I can't see. The whole point is that I'm at the top of the crossover so I can see the traffic that's coming. They're at the bottom of the crossover so they can see the traffic that's coming their way. Okay. So I, I just I, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly. So mm-hmm. if I am uh and listen, don't say north, south, east, and west. What am I? Lewis and Clark. I, I don't I don't have a compass. I'm not doing this. So let's just say that I'm Honestly. driving I, I'm mm-hmm. driving one direction and I'm um and I'm and I'm gonna take a left and I'm gonna go through the median like I'm and mm-hmm. and there's a break, right? There's grass on either side. I'm supposed to go to the far side. Yes. And then start my turn left. Yes. 
And then the person, if they want to turn left, is supposed to pass me. Yes. And turn left. And we could actually U-turn around each other like that, like a, like a beautiful dance. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think that you're supposed to actually stop at the first and then turn left. And then that way, they, that way you don't have the risk of like hitting each other. Like you just both turn left. I don't understand. Oh, so you're in the group of people that I don't, that it's not for me right now. I guess, I guess so. I also don't have a problem seeing because I'm in a pickup, but I'm kind of sitting up high and I'm not driving a Mini Cooper. So that's probably. I'm not in a Mini Cooper anymore. I'm in a Nissan Rogue. (laughs) I'm in a perfectly normal vehicle. That Range Rover. I got you. (laughs) I, (laughs) Range Rover. I, listen, Seth, you cannot tell me that this was not discussed in driver's ed for you. Are um, you are you just trying to push my buttons no, no, a little no, bit right now? No, I'm saying I've never done that in the history of ever because Edsel Ford didn't teach me to do that. Maybe that's something that they talk about in Mississippi because No. 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 It's yeah, okay. not. Okay. I, I'm sending I'm I'm gonna find you a graphic that explains this better than I can. But it's the truth. People do it wrong. And the other group of people that are not for me are the ones that follow me real close behind into my gated community because they don't because I've got a remote because I live here and I pay. I yeah. pay to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's the same people. I know it is. It's the same people who don't know how to use a crossover that get up right next to my bumper and follow me in. The problem is my parking spot is like three spots in past that gate. And I can't turn in when they're right behind me. And it infuriates me so much when I'm coming. <laughs> You're just staring at me. It's I'm just I'm enthralled. I'm enthralled by how angry you are right now. Because <laughs> I used to manage apartment complexes, right? And so like I I completely understand the the whole the whole gate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. I complete but like having your parking spot be right there. Yeah. I mean yeah, and I have to I'm swing out to think of a to solution for you. Yeah. I and you don't you guys don't know how often I just want to slam on my brakes and roll down my window and yell things at them. And I don't because I'm a good person and I don't want to treat anyone that way. But I want to I want to yell things. Yell yeah. not nice things to them. But I refrain. You know, there's a whole there's a whole website that you can go to and it's not going to be censored at all. You can say whatever you want. (laughs) Whatever I want. Anyway, that's those people are not for me. I can understand that. Yeah. What's your not for me? I mean, it's gotta be parlor, right? (laughs) Like like this week, that's what it's gotta be. It's gotta be. (laughs) I mean, even if it wasn't, I can't. I can't have character Seth rail against it this hard, this long. People don't understand that Seth is a character, right? Like they, like, like it's, it's based on a real life person. Kind of like the movie that we watched. It's Mm -hmm. based on it, but uh, I take a little bit of license to try to be entertaining. Um, Yeah. But I would still say even the real Seth, like parlor's not for me. (laughs) And that's okay. That's, you know what, everybody? That's, and if it is for you, that's okay. That's okay, too, because that is the way that it works. Andrea, that's a show. Yes, it is. I wonder how many people we made mad tonight. Oh, I <laughs> hope all of them. Like, listen, 
I can think of maybe two people that'll be like, that was a good show. Everybody else is going to be like, mm, not your best work, guys. Uh, I don't like you. You challenged the doctrine of hell. You uh, you, you told me that, um, well, I didn't even talk about your idolatry tonight. Well, I guess maybe a little bit. Um, touched on it. We touched on it because there's <laughs> nothing better than <laughs> talking about idolatry on a podcast podcast. <laughs> All right. Our thoughts and opinions are not the final word, dear listener. They also, by the way, straight up, do not represent the thoughts and opinions of any church or business we might be associated with. We cannot stress that hard enough. No, at all. Like, please don't, please don't email my pastor. Please don't do that. Unless it's to tell him how great our podcast is, because I don't know that he knows we have one. I, 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 I've said it in front of him at like at meeting, been like, yeah, I, I did uh, a podcast, and he's just like, whatever. He walked um, in on us recording one at the church. No clue. He has no, no clue. clue. No idea. Um, I love that man. So, um, listen, we want to hear your thoughts and opinions on all the things that we talked about today. Yeah. You Any can reach us. Topics. Wait, you do that. You do the you do the part oh, where yeah. you tell yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to like, follow, and comment on all the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on, well, not all of the things, but on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are at Dropping Sunday. We are not on Parlor. No, and I'm just going to say right now, we won't be. Um, if you see something on there, please report it as identity <laughs> theft. <laughs> we have no plans yeah, to create a Parlor um, account. That it, then again, next week is a completely different episode. We may change our mind in the next week or so. Uh, hey, congratulations. Uh, we're going to uh, jump into the future a little bit. Congratulations on surviving Friday the 13th in 2020. So I congratulations mean... on that. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Dropping Sunday. <laughs>